all the things that I hate. Did yeah. you hear? Did you hear the J, the Joy Behar take? I did not. I would love to. <laughs> it's pretty brutal. I would actually, if you're going to look up a like a coverage version of it, I would say that the Young Turks coverage of it, what is it, uh, piece of shit of the week or whatever they call it, shitty human of the week or whatever. But basically, she's after they recounted kind of the beginning of seeing that. Uh, 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 airstrikes were happening in Kiev. Uh, she said, yeah, it just sucks. And imagine how it's going to impact Western Europe. Like I've been trying to get to Italy for four years. I w- I've been wanting to go for four years and then COVID canceled it down. And now who knows what's going to happen with that? Oh, poor you. <laughs> it was the worst for <laughs> <poor> you. <laughs> oh, man. What a what a piece of shit indeed to make to make the invasion of Ukraine basically about herself, about her fucking vacation. Yeah, to a totally different place. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she goes in the shit bin. <laughs> it was insane. Uh, they should be calling for her head. Once I, I got to turn off my notification sounds. I don't know how they came back. Good idea. And yes, they uh, somebody is going to need her head because that. Frankly, that's almost as bad as the invasion. If see, what's her name? Who's the redhead? The redhead comic that uh, held up Trump's head, Kathy Griffin. Oh She's, yeah, that was Kathy Griffin. Is she, she really? Is she a real comedian, or does uh, she well, just, or does she just relay funny events that have occurred? Yeah, she's more. Of, she's a Ryan Seacrest. She's a host. She's a talking head. Yeah, but she's she, the messenger. She got unpersoned for that one. And I think if she got unpersoned, she can't get a job now. And I, th- I think uh, Joy Behar deserves at least at least half of that treatment. Oh, at least at least the head thing was like politically poignant, like it was a commentary. It wasn't just like, a, ah, I'm not going to be able to go to Italy. Yeah, it, it wasn't brilliant art, but it also wasn't just a fart. No, it, it was... I don't think Kathy is capable of original thoughts, much less brilliant art. I mean, I'm sure it was somebody else's idea and she just did it. She's an industry plant. Yeah, but it was still it wasn't even in the same ballpark, wasn't even the same league, wasn't even the same sport. So, yeah, Joy should probably get the entire hate mob and everybody should just leave Kathy alone because she she can't afford to be boring forever. <laughs> True. Okay, we have so much going on today. Yeah, we might uh, we might have to pick and choose and just kind of decide what we're going with. Yeah, I'm gonna plumb this a little bit. So we had a ha- it was a cliffhanger last week. You have a oh written? yeah, oh yeah. There, uh, Columbo came in and closed the gate, which caused a, a bit of an explosion on the <laughs> I almost said on the inside, but in the outside, and uh, the party of Craig. Stan, Plato, and Straight Woman mistakenly assumed that that would work like a signal flare and draw us to them, when in fact it did the opposite, because only an idiot goes towards an explosion. Right, so we are heading in the exact opposite direction of the explosion, which is going to yeah. set us... We we have been effectively deterred. Okay, and then, ah, uh, right, so that... <laughs> Conceptually, we were talking about going and showing so i'd say are we going to show what's going on with tucker and todd and the cast at all or are we just going to show what's going on in the real world i don't know if we can totally abandon the outside and tucker and todd 
But yeah, I guess we would have to cut back to some things at certain points. It would only make yes, sense. Yes, especially if Ben Shabibo is going to show up. <laughs> and the other pseudo-intellectuals, because they're all currently in the outside. But it would be remiss if we didn't do some real-world tyranny stuff. So should we start with a like a uh, an Oval Office or a, a war room scenario kind of thing? The, the leaders of the or maybe like a UN parody of some type, like the leaders of the world getting together, trying to because I think maybe this is where we introduce we do our little uh, tyranny lampoon. Oh, the the little the little mean girls tyranny club has their own little click right in the UN. Yeah, like a, something like a UN or if they're having some sort of like Senate meeting some big G some G20 summit or whatever, where all the, the major players in the world are getting together, trying to figure out how they're going to like in a rival when the, all the leaders, I guess they didn't get together, but they were at least uh, like conference calling each other to try to figure out how they're going to respond to this thing. So it's basically some kind of a summit where everybody except for the aggressor happens to be invited. Right. Well, it'll it should probably be a little bit old fashioned League of Nations kind of old fashioned. So like almost 1.0, like this is the first time we've ever really done something like this kind of thing. Oh, like it's like in an Elks Lodge or even uh, what's in Blazing Saddles when they're doing the town hall meeting. Yeah, <laughs> it's just amateur hour. Do they, they do they have a Rabus Frabble guy? Uh, if he's present, he gets kicked out right away. Oh, yeah, we've we've evolved at least past that. Yeah, rabble, rabble, rabble. Oh, uh, there's there's a I thought it was a series, but it was a movie that I got roped into called Scoob, which came out, I think, a year or two ago on Netflix. And it is a a like CGI reboot of obviously Scooby Doo, but it's kind of like a small bit of an origin story. But it's a, a like a villain arc with Dick Dastardly. Ah, I love Dick Dastardly. It's amazing. And the whole there's this whole concept of like something has happened to Muttley and it's having a big emotional impact on Dick and like motivating him and compelling him to be a larger villain. And, and you're wondering why up until the end. The jokes are good. My it's favorite part bit... about him was that he was just unapologetically villainous. He had no oh, reason. There did, is. There's he a has turn. a reason now. Well, you're they They kind of string you along to make it seem as though there is a motivation and a reason. And then at the end, it's a twist. And you go, oh, he was just a dick the whole time. No, oh, he really was a dastardly dick. Yes, he was. And there's a whole actually that's probably the the one complaint about the film is that it's too self-aware. Almost every joke is like a meta joke. Oh, well, that's too bad. But it's for it's kids. just it's just everybody kind of patting themselves on the back like we're so clever. Yeah, we went to Oxford or not Oxford. What's the American one? Harvard. Oh, I would have said we went to Cambridge. Cambridge. I think of the current class of American comedy writers as all a bunch of Harvard and Yale dorks. You think so? All the guys working on sitcoms and whatnot? I think so, yeah. Then why don't they hire us? <laughs> I couldn't explain it to you. I could, you know, after listening to us for a while. We're problematic. I guess that argument could be made. Okay, um, we need to get back on track. Dick yes do it's not about we, them we were just talking about some kind of summit or council right old-fashioned amateur hour league of nations style basically just a, a bigger version of baby's first town hall and all the big hmm so are we are we presenting 
the person in charge of running the meeting just happens to be the guy who got there first. Who got there first? Yeah. First person to get parked and get out of his car is in charge of the meeting. Just a just a guy who was like looking around the place. Somebody shows up. Oh, good. You're here. Hands him the gavel. Hands him the mic. Actually, it should probably start with like a big argument about who should be in charge of the meeting. That that'll be the conclusion is whoever got there first. But they should definitely have a fight about it, because I don't think that's the kind of thing that everybody would immediately consider resolved, especially especially if this is the first ever meeting. Hmm. And everybody thinks they deserve to be in charge. This also allows us to establish the character of some of some of the the characters that we're introducing, because we're going to have some that want to be in charge and we need them to demonstrate how badly that they want to be in charge. And then there are the others who are actually the smartest ones in the room who want to stay kind of like on the fringes of things and run things through other people. Ah, proxy governance. Yeah. Yes. All of the most all of the most cunning ones don't want to be overt and noticed they want to just puppet other people should we come up with a name for our uh justin trudeau so that it's not all because i don't think are we're not getting, giving people their actual names in real life are we no i don't think so uh so we probably should come up with a name for everybody should the names be parodies of something to do with the the caricature that we're painting of these individuals or like a play on their name or do we just give them something totally random I was thinking a play on their name, but if if we can use a name that is kind of a caricature of their identity instead, that would be cool, too. Yeah, like it's totally not associated with anything. But the convention that popped into my mind was like to call one a skinny rake like this is skinny rake. I don't know if that's a, a caricature of necessarily their character or governing style, though. Well, that's what I'm saying. This is not an example of it, but it is not an actual name, but we're using it as a name. Then yes, uh, what could we what could we do for Trudeau except to just kind of call him mild and milk toast? I mean, milky toast is kind of a funny name. Milky toast. Everybody's like, look at him. He's got nice hair. He walks in. He's like, I think I should be in charge. And everybody unanimously agrees. He's just not ready. This is ineffectual tit. That was the anti Trudeau ad campaign was that he's just not ready, but he has great hair. Was that like, a thing? Yeah, that was that was the opposition's campaign when uh, Trudeau was trying to become prime minister. Oh, I think I remember hearing that he's just not ready. Did they also throw a but he has great hair in there? Yes. And I just it just struck me as being so Canadian. Like, that's our best attack ad. He's just not ready yet. Nice hair. Like, it's so, so Canadian. It's extremely Canadian. Like, it's it's not even an attack. It's just like a you'll get there. Versus American politics, where they basically call you a child molester. <laughs> yeah, and now it's the, uh, the 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 ringleader of a child molesting conspiracy. Yeah, so and so approves of child slavery and and doesn't do anything to combat human trafficking. You know, which means that he must be in total support of it. Like they're so terrible to each other, and then like. A few months later, they have to work together. Okay, before we do names, maybe let's uh, start with the list of specific characters that we want to have kind of like standing out in this group. We have a Putin. Yeah, for sure. We have a Putin. He's in in fact, he rides in on a bear, bear shirt, like bear chested. He's 
he's shirtless and he's riding a bear. Yeah, they're all caricature memes. Yep, and he is uh he's a bit flabby like he is for real. Uh we'll be anachronistic with some things, I guess. Which US president do we want? Oh. Oh, I'm really tied. I'm really like torn between uh Kennedy and Nixon. <laughs> Those are the exact two that I was thinking, especially since <laughs> we already have their faces. Those are the funniest. I'm trying to think of which one has Oh, should we have Churchill there as well then? <laughs> Churchill and then like Churchill is having a conversation with Nixon. Oh, he has to be mad dog and everybody with a cigar hanging out of his mouth. Just that perpetual kind of Churchill scowl. Yeah, he, he he's he's like a like, like a Kenny character or whatever. Like everybody asks him a question and he just speaks in like blah, 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 blah. he just speaks grumbles. Yeah, yeah. Grumbles and then he exhales smoke. <laughs> just like an entire exhaust pipe worth of smoke. Yeah, way, way too much. Okay, so Putin. Should we have some African warlord, a African warlord? Are we allowed? How many are we allowed? I think we're allowed at least one. Or maybe not necessarily. What what, what was uh, the bishop guy? Uh, Desmond Tutu? Oh, you know what? I think we should probably have uh, at least two. But one of them should uh, be an activist who was in prison. And one of them should be the guy who threw him in prison. Oh, Coney and the guy who got him arrested. We have Coney 2012. He's got all the merch. The guy who wait in in that little fight. I don't know who's wrong anymore. Yeah, I don't know in that specific example. So I I think it would be funny to have Coney with all his like Internet merch on and like a, a, a little clutch of what do you call them? Groupies. I was just thinking that Mandela would be there. Ooh, that might be a fun way to introduce the Mandalorian. Just isn't like a little, uh, what do you call that? A uh, backdoor pilot? Oh, yeah. That's exactly what that is. Okay, so Mandela's definitely there. Because we need an example of somebody who's actually kind of a good actor from Africa. Uh, a role model and a voice of reason and whatnot. Yes. And then and then we can go if so long as we have one good one, we can go crazy with a, a Blood Diamonds warlord guy. Yeah, okay, I'm good with that. Like he even shows up with a machete. It's gold plated. Pulls up in a Rolls Royce that's like painted with AK forty sevens. And I don't mean oh, it yeah. has I don't mean it has AK forty sevens painted on it. I mean it's just got a whole bunch of guns bolted to the frame. Yeah, it looks like a uh, oh okay, I thought you were saying it's been painted with with shells. It looks like a, a max speed sign in Montana. Yeah, it's got it's covered in lots of blingy ultra gangster guns because whoever designed this vehicle watched Lord of War way too many times. They've got all like this. It's all it's all like Fortnite skins. Yeah. And uh, as this as this super warlord is getting out of his pimped out Rolls Royce, he shakes hands with Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Nicolas Cage, is, he's just got like a mohawk. Nicholas Cage Mad- has a mohawk. Yeah, he's all Mad Max. Uh, what, what, oh. how, what kind of what Nicholas Cage were you envisioning? The one from Lord of War, where he's an international arms dealer who's selling to a Blood Diamonds warlord guy. I don't think I've seen that one. He sells guns to this guy. To the I was going to call him the Pink Panther, and then I was going to call him the Black Panther, and then I just decided to give up on that one. Is that? But yeah, it. Uh, this warlord has a. I believe it's his son. And his son has a pimped out car and like a gold plated AK-47. So, oh, so it's specifically a reference. Yes. 
But as this guy gets out of his Rolls Royce, he shakes hands with Nicolas Cage in a suit. Nicolas Cage doesn't stay any longer than that. We'll use him again later. But that's the entrance. Um, is and this... since since this warlord is a fictional character, we can give him whatever name. Sure. Benny or something like that. Yeah, it should be like totally mundane. Like we'll call him Tim. Joel. Uh, does so is well now I'm fascinated in Nick Cage because you know there's that whole like urban myth that he's a time traveler. <laughs> oh, you you mean we can use that? <laughs> we can definitely use that. He just shows up at convenient times. He's kind of like Plato, only he's a little bit more understated in his involvement. Oh, I like that. I like the under idea. underhanded. He he's friends with Plato. I don't know if they'll be friends, but they might be aware of each other. Casual acquaintances. They got into a bar fight in a cantina in Tatooine once. Yeah, that kind of thing. Because, I mean, if Nicolas Cage is selling arms to uh, warlords and stuff, Plato's probably not, you know, approving. Yeah, that's true. Oh, well, now I'm thinking that that sounds like uh, Nick Cage might actually have some involvement to do with fantasology, maybe. You know what? If he if he's an interdimensional arms dealer across time and space, then he's probably got fingers in a lot of pies, including fantasology. <laughs> okay, I'm writing down. I know this is such a dumb premise, but I do feel like at some point there's going to have to be a one-off joke in which we have a character with. Um, there's lots of pies in the scene, and the character has m- many more fingers than a person should have, and they're all in individual pies. <laughs> that's grotesque just like it's like a miyazaki villain yeah the each one of each one of the each one of his fingers ends in a hand that has fingers has a, they all have yeah. pies on them yeah wait it's frightening he's got many fingers and many pies and then it cuts to just like an image of that and it's just grotesque it's a horror show and it turns out that everybody's actually just imagining it, but they're all imagining the same thing, except for one guy who's imagining something else. And I'm not sure what it would be. But this picture needs to occur in like a whole bunch of collective thought bubbles. Everybody makes the same like grimace at the same time. Yeah. Ugh. Except for the one guy who <laughs> he gets a bulge. He's in. Yeah. Yeah. He's just a filth wizard who spent too much time on Pornhub. <laughs> He's just sitting there. Yeah, finger that pie. A filth wizard hangs out with the poo demon. Ew. Anyhow, I think this is a good Putin, Trudeau, Nixon, Churchill, Mandel, and Warlord. I think that's a good little collection of guys. Do do we want it to be Nixon or Kennedy? Uh, or, or maybe maybe it's an election year and they both turn up. Oh, okay, that's fun because I, I guess because I was gonna I was about to ask, do we want somebody who's anti-war or somebody who's scummy? I mean, I guess we can. Hell was... That's the thing was we'll have Kennedy be the voice of reason, but he's like he's going to be the voice of American exceptionalism and optimism as well. And then Nixon is the kind of scummy guy. But is Kennedy also still slut? Like he's I think he's a bit of a slut, though. Excuse you. He's horny. <laughs> OK, sure. Yeah, I'm fine with that. We can. Like he'll he'll give like a brief speech and then walk away from the podium and he'll be caught in the broom closet with, uh, I don't know, some diplomat from uh, Sweden. And and Nixon is extremely chaste, but he is 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 a is a sociopath. Yeah. Yeah. 
Is he chaste or is he just repellent to women? He's a eunuch. I am not a eunuch, but I am a crook. <laughs> I want to set the record straight. <laughs> not a eunuch. I've come back from the dead in these trying times to make it very clear that I am not a eunuch, but I am a crook. <laughs> so yeah, um, and we can leave it vague as to which one is currently in office and which one is running to take office. Like it's an election year, but it's not clear who was already in the big chair, but they're at odds. I mean, do we do we actually have them as ventriloquist dummies that one guy is holding as he's like sitting at the table and he's got Nixon and Kennedy on his lap and he's just making them talk? That's a different premise. I think that's a bit of a meta joke. Yeah, that that's that's our opportunity to do a bit of a it doesn't matter who's in office. The same people still run the country kind of joke. Oh, we could do it like a Looney Tunes, uh, like cross section exposure where we see them standing there. And it sounds like maybe one speaks with the other's voice for a second. And every way the table is like, wait, what was that? And it shows Whoops. a quick, like cross section behind the curtain of the guy that's like making them talk. And then it cuts back and they correct it. Either that or their cat dog under the table. Oh, yeah. I like that, too. That's cool. A cross section reveals that they're actually the same entity. That's better. Yeah. Well, I suppose they're, yeah, two identities, one entity. Yeah. But that uh, that tethered attachment just kind of makes it clear that the, the they're still the same establishment. Oh, is an identity is an id entity? Well, a do entity would be a... I have no idea how that works. You would have to ask Carl Jung. <laughs> I have been resurrected. And I have been resurrected in these trying times. <laughs> it's just a revolving door of people who've been resurrected and can't wait to tell us why. My name's Carl Jung, and I'm here to say. And then he gets shouted off the podium because he <laughs> talks too much. He, everybody's like, you sound like a Nazi. <laughs> That's very funny. He's like, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. I, they, I'm sorry. I was, <laughs> I was going for Austrian. They pointed the no Hitler sign on the door. Or no, no, it would have been better. I was going for Belgian, like a Bond villain. You sound like a Nazi. I was going for Bond villain. Oh, is that what he says? I was going for Bond villain. I was, I was going for Belgian, you know, like a Bond villain. You sound like a Nazi. Oh, he drops the accent altogether. Now he's yeah. canceled for appropriation. Now he's just Carl Jung. <laughs> CJ. <laughs> oh, I like that much better. Yeah, it's CJ. <laughs> Oh, and then if CJ shows up, Freud will have to show up eventually. And then they have a rep, uh, a relationship similar to Socrates and Plato. Oh, yes. And you had also made the point about where did that go? Where did you post that about Plato and Socrates? Sketch planning. Um, yeah. Hijacking Plato's role, even like backseat philosophizing. Well, that's that's the thing is I was just reading Plato's Symposium and it's a Socratic dialogue. Where everybody's talking about love. And everybody does a little bit of a does a little speech about what they think of, like what they think love is. And then Plato was the one who comes up last is like, oh, it's going to be real hard to top that speech. But I guess I must have misunderstood the assignment because I thought we were supposed to talk about stuff that was true. And all I hear is a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> that sounds an awful lot like something I heard in a philosophy tube video called Beauty in Ugly Times. Because that's what Plato does in, in, 
or yeah, he writes Socrates is basically the guy who comes by and flips over the coffee table once everybody else is done. It's like, nah, this is how it is. I'm Socrates, bitch. Socrates has, has hardcore main character syndrome. Exactly. <laughs> he basically has to take the entire thing and make it about himself. That made me laugh very hard. So if uh, if CJ ever does show up, Freud needs to do that and then accuse CJ of, you know, being a motherfucker. You know what they call you in Munich? A motherfucker. <laughs> and yours is next, Freud. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. Uh, I don't think CJ is actually going to be arriving at this particular meeting, though. No, that's not necessary. Okay, so we've got Kennedy, Nixon, Nixity, I don't know. We've got Putin. We've got Trudeau. We've got our Mandela. And we've got our warlord, both from Africa. In fact, they one of them almost certainly threw the other in prison and tried to kill him. We we Do we need anybody else? I mean, besides just like visible background people. I'm trying to think of regions and I'm trying to think of, oh, should we have? Oh, should should Hitler actually try to come? Hmm, that's Get, interesting. He gets bounced at the door by Tim Curry again. <laughs> I like the, Yeah, Tim Curry is definitely the bouncer. That would maybe potentially make for an interesting, like a weird little side scene with Trudeau and Hitler. Like, um... In in Harry Potter, this is an example. In Harry Potter, before they go to Hogwarts, in the book, Harry and Malfoy meet while they're getting their robes sized, but you don't really know that he's like a bad character kind of thing. Um, it would be interesting if, while that's maybe how we introduce Trudeau showing up to the party or whatever, is Hitler is getting bounced and he like is like around the corner after he gets bounced, kind of like licking his wounds. And, and Trudeau asks if he needs something or he has to like bum a cigarette or something like that. Oh, yeah. He he sees Hitler out around the corner lighting a cigarette and just like mumbling kind of disgruntled to himself. He comes over to fanboy, maybe. Oh, he, I think Trudeau has no idea who he is. Oh, OK. We we definitely don't want to try to suggest that Trudeau loves Hitler. <laughs> OK, yeah, I guess that's not what I'm trying to do. We're not saying that he loves Hitler, but we are trying to suggest that he badly wants to be a tyrant. <laughs> yes, he he's he's too low level to be a real tyrant. But no, he uh, he doesn't recognize Hitler. He's got that uh, that very Canadian sort of assume the best of anyone thing. So he doesn't immediately assume that he's dealing with a a, a megalomaniacal murder machine. And instead, he just asks if he he's got a light. Does anybody witness this interaction and like call them on it? Like, what are you doing, you fucking idiot? Do you know who that is? Ooh, I'd like that. Somebody needs to smack Trudeau upside the back of the head. You fucking McFly. Idiot. But but who's gonna do it? I mean, I in my mind, is it a bully or is it a cool kid? I mean, is it Putin? Does Putin care about Trudeau's reputation? No. So I, th I guess it's Kennedy. It's like it's the jock because it's the jock character that would do something like that. He's kind of looking out for Trudeau. Trudeau's yes. the little the wimp, the little yes. runt that can't get okay. in. Okay, Kennedy is the jock, but he's like the 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 inclusive kind. So he's like, ah, what do you think you're doing, dumbass? Yeah, he's not actually his friend, but he's at least gonna like give him a leg up. Yeah, he's he's looking out for him. This is this is a jock with a heart of gold. He's Kennedy. Yeah. Okay, I like that. Gives gives Trudeau a smack upside the head. Do you have any idea who that was? 
that was Hitler. You mean the guy in that story? The guy who did all that <laughs> stuff? Vaguely. Yeah, that Hitler. No, man, I was, he was asking me to join his youth group. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's pretty good. Youth camp, isn't that where Hitler went? <laughs> that's an even scarier joke. Well, that was Carlin. Yeah. Okay, so I guess at this point, this allows us to transition inside then. Yes, uh, we are definitely now inside. Trudeau Trudeau had a brief conversation with Hitler, finished his cigarette, came in, got smacked upside the head by Kennedy inside, just inside. And I guess that so now that they, after they have that interaction to demonstrate that they aren't that it is the the dynamic that we described, they they kind of like go their separate ways. Kennedy calls him and gives him the slap beside the head, kind of like tussles his hair or whatever, but then kind of goes and joins his friends. Yeah, yeah, just gave him that one little kind of tip and then took off. But he's he's occasionally watching. Big Big Brother Kennedy is watching. Goes and sits at a table where there's no more room to sit naturally it's it's all filled in with uh the other kennedy likes and nixon for some reason they never get too far apart from each other so does that mean trudeau goes to sit at like uh some do we have like a loser table that he goes to sit with like the two the the two nerdiest looking pimple faces in the room oh yeah the kids table he's even got a juice box oh i like the idea of the kids table is better it's the actual kids of the other politicians or just, they're just not ready, politicians. But everything there, it is extra small. The chairs are small. The table's small. Oh, yeah. Inappropriately sized. It's actually the kitty table. But they're, the people there are all adults, but they're fresh-faced, youthful politicians. It's got paper for a tablecloth, and they've got crayons. And one of them is actively using the crayons to draw a picture on, on his little section of the tablecloth. A serious picture, like mapping out like notes or whatever on the 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 war effort or whatever we have yet to discuss what they're even going to be discussing or just like he's drawn like boobs. Oh, I think the answer is both. I think he's definitely like drawing a map of Eastern Europe and then somebody's like, and what's that? He's like, oh, that's boobs. (laughs) That's perfect. He turns it upside down. Oh, I see now. (laughs) So so not only is he geopolitically minded, but boobs, too perfect yeah it makes perfect sense to me (laughs) why does it have to be one or the other but now to the order of business so i guess somebody gets up on the stage and like taps their does the whole whatever whether it's a knife on a glass or a a gavel or whatever well yeah uh first they need to start fighting about who's in charge oh yes we need this fight so does somebody ask then who's gonna run this thing well yeah one person how this always works is somebody speaks up and starts saying everybody, you know, call to order, everybody to order. And then somebody says, why should we listen to you? That's how this the always honk, works. Music stops. Oh, yeah. Record skip. You got the uh, the piano player in the corner who who, who plays a, a, a tune for a, a whiskey. I think he just goes dong, 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 dong. <laughs> And so every do we do, it, do it takes it'll take one or two people being like, why should we listen to this guy? Well, why should we listen to you? And then it's just like an immediate rabble, 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 rabble. 
Oh, I was going to ask if it's the setup of like, uh, they look like they're about, there's a like a high tension. They look like they're about to burst out into physical violence. And somebody says, excuse me, gentlemen, like speaks up, like, let us do this the old fashioned way. And then, then it breaks out, like immediately cut to brawl. Uh, yeah, I like that. I like that. The tensions are high. And then, yeah, somebody insists that they do it the old fashioned way. And that turns out to be with a stick. <laughs> yeah. Like actual caveman clubs. Yeah, hard to be more old-fashioned than hitting each other with a stick. And I hit it with a pointed stick. The banana. How to protect yourself from a banana. And then he shoots that one guy. (laughs) He shoots him dead. I think I have a a distinct memory of seeing that as a child, and it was a jump scare for me. (laughs) (laughs) The, the, The sudden unexpected gun violence. In a, in a sketch now. about fruit, guys <laughs> in their shorts, <laughs> and and the fact that I think a, a tiger came out of nowhere. Oh, maybe. Well, because I think they had at least two. They had the show version and the completely different version, right? Oh yeah, but I I uh, I dim I distinctly recall seeing both in my uh, Monty Python's Flying Circus, hmm. and the 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 tiger eats the blueberries, thus disarming oh, him. Oh yes, I yes I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> i am gonna go back and watch a bunch of python because i was about to start listing my favorites but it's that we don't need to do that this is no not we that. we don't need to do that because everybody knows that's just a discussion about the dead parrot <laughs> no absolutely that's the that's the most overrated one i think it's certainly the most overquoted. okay my favorite is the one where people are randomly turning into scotsmen <laughs> <laughs> that one is so good that's such a preposterous idea i like I never... uh i like the the grannies who who just mob people and I, beat up mob, young yeah. fit men uh, <laughs> there's too many <laughs> they're all perfect they're all so good the lodge oh okay so now there is an actual fight going on because everybody's decided to do this the old-fashioned way Right. And so that's where we're going to have to have the scene. I guess this is where Kennedy calmly strolls up to the podium while everyone is or maybe we don't even see the stroll up, but he is the one that like calls for order. And I think maybe he should do it the American way by banging the top of a jukebox. Well, now I was going to say he, he's got a gavel in one hand and a, a loaded shotgun in the other hand. Oh, that's fun, too. Oh, he shoots the, the jukebox. He's got the leather jacket on. Oh, yeah. There's fight music playing out of the jukebox right now. So terminating the fight music terminates the fight. And he just shouts, hey, oh, is it even Kennedy then? Is it? Uh, oh, and no, I'm going to forget his name. Bob Laws, Bob Law, Bob, Bob's Law Blog, Bob Law Law Blog. I think he doesn't have to say anything because he just has to let the shotgun do the talking in that, that particular works. scene especially because if we destroy the fight music coming out of the jukebox then we end the fight we can't fight with no music everybody just like grumbles as they take a seat <laughs> I, I like that yeah that's just that's also just fun filmmaking where the the song becomes like diegetic or whatever yeah exactly it's not everybody was kung fu fighting it's an actual fight song it's also not bad reputation no, it's uh, like when you would see fight scenes in old fashioned Looney Tunes where you'd see the, the fight clouds with with fists and feet and stuff coming out of them. They always played music over that during over the uh, sound of the fighting. It'd like be like that music. Yeah, it just it would be like that. 
I'm pretty sure they did it as as uh, recently as Space Jam. Well, Googling Looney Tunes fight music brings up clips of a weird video game. Oh, Yosemite. I feel like Yosemite is a good caricature, like per- personality type for one of the characters who's going to be in this meeting. I was watching him wave his mustache around and think the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I love the way he squares off. He's such a little hothead. Yeah, but the fight's going to be over as soon as he trips on it. I mean, he's got a mustache that would make like a Tolkien dwarf blush. Okay, so Kennedy ends the fighting by destroying the source of the violence, which was the fight music. Everybody grumbles and gets into their chairs. And so I guess he just is able to proceed. Okay, gentlemen, we first order of business. Oh, uh, for inclusiveness, do we have a female world leader? Or are we using do we make do we use this scene to make a point of all the leaders being a boys club? The queen is there, but she's just oh. a, a, a symbol. Oh, maybe there's a second meeting going on of female leaders, and uh, they're the ones who actually get stuff done. Oh, that's kind of interesting. Oh, they like they just briskly walk in, sit down. Okay, ladies, first order of business, quickly check off the list, and they're like, okay, see you next week. Yeah, the ladies pick up and leave. But uh, we have more than once suggested that there is a council of Karens. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they should be in the room then, I guess. They're they're invited. Well, then they have their own table. Yeah, they do have their own table. And the queen is there. She's Queen Karen. She's on the council. She leads the council. Oh, the the the, the Queen Karen. That's right. The one who sends us to rescue the internet. Do you remember that shit? Uh, there's so much going all the way back. I don't remember anything anymore. Well, now's not the time to explain our adventure into the internet. At no. the planet, the planet where the internet was invented. It's documented. You can go find it. Now we need to figure out what these these leader folks are going to actually say. They have the problem that they are dealing with is that there's this gigantic, chaotic outside event going on around the planet. Yes, the the world's pretty much going crazy, and the uh, the the table full of bullies is threatening to use the is accusing, uh, you know, Western powers of being responsible for this and and threatening aggression over it. Okay, is, is that where so are any of the people in this room going to be declaring war on another country then under the suspicion that the event was caused by that country? It's possible that somebody uh, threatens war, but doesn't outright formally declare it because there is still no evidence. And also, uh, Queen Karen is there, and she has to give you permission to actually go to war. Is the person that declares war somebody's like? Is, is somebody hands them a Snickers? Shh. Hey, you're not yourself. <laughs> Have a Snickers. It's you're not yourself you when are. you're hungry. He's like, you're right, you're right. Then he just like eats his Snickers quietly in the corner. Oh man, are we somebody? Are we going to have to defeat Bill Cosby by giving him a Snickers? It temporarily turns him into somebody else or whatever. Whoever I think it's a Snickers with Rohypnol in it. Ooh, I rarely advocate fighting fire with fire, but I think it's at the very least morally permissible to just give him a candy bar with a knockout drug in it. Got him at his own game. Yeah, and then I don't know, leave him in the middle of the outback. That that uh, that Australian stretch of desert is like the most lawless and inhospitable place where people still live. 
And if you don't have GPS, you're not going to get anywhere. I tried to bring it in, but recycling jokes without even making the joke. I understood, though. That's not right. So tensions are high. One country believes another is possible. Do, do, do we yeah, see yeah, that? Probably everybody suspects somebody else at this meeting of being responsible. Like do, Everybody's pointing fingers. Do we use this as an opportunity to do a bit of not like a clips episode, but a little bit of a clips sequence where like several leaders talk about how the the outside has been like impacting their area? Yeah, it's that's probably a, a good way to get them to sort of calm down is that everybody demonstrates how it's costing them and harming their like political, social, economic systems. And a good opportunity for us to actually demonstrate the different ways that the the events can actually like interact with our reality. Because I think so far we've maybe in other episodes shown like one or two instances of these wormholes and what they're doing. So now we can do a couple more like wacky things in quick succession. And we can demonstrate uh, the relative like our relative ethical position on each of these nations by how they handle stuff. Like, of course, everybody complaining about wormholes in Russia gets thrown in jail. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Character building. Whereas everybody who complains about wormholes in America gets called a libtard. <laughs> everybody who complains in Canada gets a check. Yeah. And like a Spider-Man Band-Aid or something like that. <laughs> well, like a, a cheap little watch. Oh yeah, I like that. They're like the whatever, whatever typical swag bag stuff is. You get like a water bottle or a uh, a tote bag, a keychain. Yeah, keychain. Gotta have keychain with some stupid Canadian iconic like iconography on it. A commemorative nickel. <laughs> yeah, those things where you get the little cardboard slot with the little nickel in it. <laughs> worth even less than yeah, a regular this nickel. Nickel's worth three cents. Yeah. <laughs> okay that's funny yeah that's very canadian that's the most polite way to tell someone to go fuck themselves i can think of well yeah especially since that is that's a little bit of extra logical funny i guess because now that there is no such thing as a penny the the nickel is the lowest denomination you give so i literally think less of you than i'm able to spend on you <laughs> yeah yeah, that's uh, that's worth less than the lowest currency denomination we have. Teehee. And yet it would be inconvenient to try to buy two. Uh, how is Mandela responding to the crisis in Africa? Well, it's threatening to bring apartheid back because uh, according to Jim Jeffries, South Africans are horrible people. I haven't met too many South Africans on their own grounds. I can tell you, I think that they have the worst accent in the world. The Afrikaner? Yeah. It's tough. It's like New Zealand with an aspic in your mouth. Maybe we should stay away from apartheid, but whatever it is, it's bad for race relations. We just don't say the A word. Oh, do we? Does, is there some, do we make some sort of reference to District 9? Is, Actra, is, is Africa handling it well because they've dealt with alien invasions before? Oh, that would be a funny line to toe. It's all right. We've done this before. What do you mean? Alien invasions? It's nothing out. It's nothing out of our wheelhouse. But then the Blood Diamond Warlord guy 
is trying to is he trying to like make deals with weird entities coming through the wormholes or something they froze me are they making deals with the entities i'm not sure if they would be they would definitely use it to their advantage somehow the warlord would definitely want to find a way to either use it to damage attack discredit whatever his political and military rivals or otherwise use it to further crack down and control the people under his dominion oh i wonder if maybe with the warlord uh what's it called stockpiled a bunch of the weapons that were left behind from the district nine events and then he's selling those weapons to the things that are coming through the wormholes because they can use the technology interesting so we're gonna go ahead and play it like district nine really for sure happened that's the way that i'm yeah i'm seeing it as like it's a a historical event this district nine was it yeah it wasn't just inspired by true events okay so they've got a bunch of leftover alien stuff and they're maybe they're not selling it but they're trying to use it to control outside stuff because giving a bunch of aliens a whole bunch of guns might not be in this warlord's interests yeah that's true but trying to use them to control these alien things might be useful oh sure yeah, maybe it's that instead. Maybe not necessarily giving them weapons, but give, providing them with resources in order to, uh, like, not not swear, you know, to swear fealty to them, <laughs> to 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 create a diplomatic relationship between them in order to gain their favor. Maybe. Yeah, trying to establish some kind of mutual support system. Yeah, like feeding them and taking care of them and whatnot. And if that fails, we'll use this super cool ray gun and blow a hole through you. Or maybe this weird psychic cube to control your thoughts and make you obey. So does everybody go through their kind of like tyrannical responses first? And then uh, Trudeau stands up and, and shares his little commemorative nickel idea and everybody laughs at him. Oh, yeah. His his little tote bag that even includes his commemorative nickel. Yes, everybody does the... Uh, We'll do the arson, murder, and jaywalking kind of thing, where yeah, we yeah. In, we we increase in severity up to and including Russia's particularly egregious example. And then, in an effort to be noticed, Trudeau will stand up and be like, "Yeah, yeah, I uh, I did this. I gave everybody their little the little tote bag of support. Everybody got a, like a signed card, and it's got a little commemorative nickel." And he just otherwise embarrasses himself and all of the uh, the mean girls, tyrants, the real tyrants laugh at him, especially because the Canadian public called Trudeau a tyrant. And so would that be his little syndrome turn then when he goes from being Billy or whatever? That's when he he gets laughed out of the room for his little nickel. And so he swears, well, I'm going to be bad then. I'm going to be it. I'm going to show them and I'm going to be the biggest tyrant they've ever seen. Yeah, probably. He's uh, on his way out. He gets bad enough that he grows a mustache and starts twirling it. <laughs> he pulls his cloak over his shoulder like a vampire. Some some dick dastardly energy. Yes, precisely. All right. So does that mean Trudeau has now left the building? I'm not sure if it's left the building. I don't know if we have like a it fades on the laughter. If we need to do more with. Oh, yeah. On the room. No, it can definitely fade with the laughter, especially because the laughter uh, starts spreading across the room so that even the 
the good, nice nations that don't actually want to overtly practice tyranny start laughing. And even JFK starts laughing. That's the last straw. The kids at the kid table are pointing and laughing. Yeah, even the kid table's laughing. But it's when JFK starts laughing that that Trudeau's like, oh, I had enough of you and gets out of there. The little, the one tear rolling down the cheek. His bottom lip quivers. And then, yeah, it, it can it can fade out on the laughter as the door shuts behind him. So does it fade out on laughter and then fade in on in the outside? It's probably about time we paid a visit to the outside. Tucker and Todd have been walking. They're heading in the opposite direction of the explosion. Yeah, they're they're going away from it. Do we want to meet up with Tucker and Todd or do we want to meet up with the crew? Oh, right, because the crew is out there now. They're just elsewhere. Yeah, in fact, they're stranded there now. Their one way out is just closed. Yeah, maybe we actually should. Ca- well, yeah, it makes more sense to go to them because they knew what they were trying to do, whereas as Tucker and Todd kind of left on an endpoint. Yes, Tucker and Todd are the passive protagonists. They're, we can check in on them later. Let's see our, what our our noble heroes are doing now that uh, it's been a little while since that gate exploded. I was going to say, has it been like a couple of days and they're starting to get antsy like they should have been here by now? Uh, We'll go ahead and uh, yeah, skip ahead time a day or two. They're definitely like they they should have been here by now. That general attitude where where are the fellas? They should have been here by now. There's no way they didn't see that. Would they dare take the initiative to like set out on their own to come find us? They'd have no idea which direction we would be in. No, but they do now have a fully upgraded Craig, which means they might try him. Oh, you know, they... see, see what he can satellite scan, whatever. Do they maybe want to try to get to a, like a high point? They see like a, a mountain in the in the distance or something like that. They they see one of the really tall, weird, like flower stalk things that the gnomes and their telephones <laughs> happen to be on. So we're going to visit them. <laughs> oh, they're going to meet the gnomes. Oh, that might be interesting. They they could ask the gnomes for information about having seen us. And it's like, well, the gnomes have heard about our presence because they're all part of a network, but they hate us. And so they're very, uh, what is the word, reticent to share information? They're They're reluctant, yeah. But they're like, fine, we'll put in a request. We'll just I'll just send it now. And then he sends it into his stupid little cup and wire. They stand there like blinking silently as it as it slowly moves through the wire. They're like, that's how you send it. Yeah, that's how we've sent it for hundreds of years. And it works perfectly. It's just like creeping along. It, It gets stuck for a while in a particularly long piece of line. So it like drags down. There's a long, silent moment of tension, and then it gets going. He says, see, perfectly. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just creeping along faster, about as fast, you know, faster than a slug crawls. And I assume that the crew should respond to it very similarly to the way Tucker and Todd did, which is to say, you know, throw up their hands and start walking because they can get wherever, anywhere, faster than that thing's getting to its destination and back. I wish I could think of some sarcastic thing that they hurl over their back as they walk away, but it's not coming. I can't think of anything worse to call them than gnomes anyway. Gnomes. That's a slur. Oh, I do like the idea of them muttering gnomes. I don't think we've introduced any gnome characters other than these ones, but I like the idea that they have a a, a deep knowledge of how gnomes behave and they're sick of them. Gnomes every time. <laughs> Just... How do you know about gnomes? Well, you have to know these things when you're a king, you know. 
And and so the crew moves on. It's, it's at that point that they will take the initiative and start wandering. But now that they've got a high point, they can, you know, give Craig a pat on the back and make him, you know, extend his satellite scanner doohickey. They have to triangulate. I guess he's advanced. He doesn't need to triangulate. It's just a one spot scan. Well, it would be reasonable to assume that it has a radius so he can scan lots of stuff in a wide area around him. But the outside is infinite, so... <laughs> oh, do they, it's a situation where they he has they scan their radius and there's like two things show up in it and one is like has a has an energy signature or whatever that he can't quite figure out what is uh, the other is. The other seems like it's definitely... Yeah, whatever. Two different things. It could be either thing... But I'm not exactly sure what this thing is. We need to try both of them. Oh, they have Earth resonance signatures. Is that a real thing? That sounds like seismology. No, it's not a real thing. But he's scanning for stuff that has energy that suggests, you know, like a a particle resonance signature that suggests that it came from our reality and our time. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. It's some Star Trek stuff. That's how they detect if something. Earth resonance. Yeah, that's that's how they detect if something is temporally displaced. It has a particle resonance that does not match what we've got here. So yes, he's he's basically scanning for earth resonance traces. Uh he definitely picks up earth resonance traces on the, like the little shanty camp full of the uh the simps that are still where the gate used to be. That's funny. And then two more. And yeah, they have to check both. They're both roughly the same distance away, so we're going to have to draw straws or flip a coin or otherwise play a game to figure out who we go see first. Uh, very briefly, because I'm trying to remember some of the ideas that we've been stringing along. Can you recall who where you just recently the other day decided a very good spot that Willy Wonka would be the tour guide of? Oh, hell. A tour guide of hell? Hang on. I'm not sure where we put it. Oh, right. Where all the social constructs are manufactured. Oh. I also had an idea. What's that? Well, after after Craig says that there are two resonant signatures, roughly equidistant from each other and from us, we have to decide which one to go for. I think there should be a massive explosion in the distance, and then one of the signatures falls off the scan, and they're like, oh, that was easy. <laughs> okay, that's good. Now we know exactly which direction to go in. Oh, does that set us up for later? We do a flashback and that that explosion was caused by whatever Tucker and Todd were up to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Which ironically is sort of a play on like they made an explosion that they thought would lure us to them and we avoided it. And then we accidentally made a, an explosion and it could have lured them to us, but they went the other way. Yeah, because whatever the explosion did, it... Uh... It created interference that made us disappear off the scan. But yes, that should definitely be us. And in in a in a cheeky sort of cyclical way, it's better if we once if we manage to you know deter them like they have us. <laughs> but they're they're kind of thrilled that that explosion made their choice easier. I mean, they're they're slightly concerned that that explosion might have actually been us and destroyed us, but. With only one blip to check, at least it's half as much work to do. <laughs> the blink, blink, the, the 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 tense pause, and then oh, pregnant pause, I should say, and then the the some explosions are good, right? And Stan will just 
shrug and be like, whatever, at least we only have to check one blip. Oh, yeah, let's go. And so they do. I guess, is that enough with them? Do we then transition to back to the real world? I actually think that the the that's that's where they go off in direct in search in that particular direction and that's the perfect time for us to actually cut to tucker and todd covered in soot oh yes so, in, in in inside really of a eyes. yeah they're they blink and suddenly they've got you know the big white eyes looney tune style they're standing in a crater it's very clear that that explosion was them so now we have dramatic irony the audience knows that the crew is going in the wrong direction yeah, you have a couple like visual signifiers. Like when they saw the explode the mushroom cloud, there's still like smoke coming off of the ground in that same color or whatever. Yep. And they're just standing right in the middle of it. And I guess I mean what what were they doing? What were these little rascals up to that just caused a detonation? I told you one scoop of baking soda. <laughs> I like that. Whatever, I didn't pay attention in science. <laughs> it's a science experiment. Like they're trying to unclog a drain or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, look at it this way. At least the drain's not plugged anymore. <laughs> yeah, drain's unclogged. Look, it's right over there. It's just like a smoldering blackened ruin. Ta-da! Quest complete. <laughs> oh, that could be a thing. Whatever, the witch said all we had to do was unclog the drain. It's unclogged. Yeah, let's get back... <laughs> We were Let's on a fucking back. witch's quest. Yeah, we got to get back to the witch. I want my reward. Fortunately, the direction of the witch is in the same direction as the crew happened to be going, so we won't get any farther away from them. Oh, that's a relief. Yeah. Uh, we get there and they've slain the witch. <laughs> we're like, no. The witch is dead. Suddenly there's, yeah, somebody dropped a house on her. All the gnomes are dancing around singing Ding Dong, the witch is dead. <laughs> you little shits. And that's exactly when they get a message. The gnomes get a message saying that our friends are here in the outside. Oh, <laughs> that's funny, yeah. A little guy comes running up. <sighs> Excuse me, sirs. A message for you. And it says our friends are here. We're looking at them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, where? Where are they? Oh, excuse excuse me. We have to send a message back and ask where. <laughs> we <laughs> all roll this. our eyes at the same time. Yeah, just fuck this. We're leaving. This this gnome communication system leaves much to be desired. Okay, but now we are reunited. This is an emotional uh, reunion. It's been four episodes since we've seen each other. Oh, are they still here? Oh, who? Oh, did they they slayed and moved on? Uh, that's what I assumed. I assumed okay. that they dropped a house on her and then left. <laughs> they were like, fuck this place. Yeah, we need to get going. I mean, do you stick around at the scene of a, dropping a house on somebody? No, I need to get my wanted meter back down. That's exactly what's happening. They're trying to get their stars <laughs> back down to zero. Oh, that's fine. We cut away to them and you hear the sirens and the, the stars are blinking in the corner. Oh, something's going down. Yeah, we see the stars on her as we approach the witch's house. As we get close, we show up and there's like police tape all around the place. Are oh no, what's minions? happened to the witch? The, the investigation in progress. Nobody's allowed in. Gnomes are all cheering. Oh, and the the, 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 the gnomes all have a little like they use the the tin can on a wire as their walkie-talkie as well. Like that's their own police communication system. Oh, are the gnomes the police as well as cheering for the dead witch? 
Oh, I, I think so. Like there, there's different factions of all the same gnomes, but oh, the gnome investigators solve crimes with the same level of efficiency as the gnome telegraphers. <laughs> this is a place where nothing matters whether it gets done or not. <laughs> Time doesn't matter. It's not a real <laughs> thing. What are you guys worried about? <laughs> this place is a joke. They even say that we're like, don't you guys want to try to solve this crime? They're like, this place is a joke. <laughs> What? Who cares? What's the point? We are beholden to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, man. Time's not real. Oh, we're not getting into this. <laughs> yeah, that's probably our response, and that's when we leave. Yeah, that they they don't even get done saying time's like time is relative, and we're like, oh fuck this noise. <laughs> Yeah, we can't stand it when people start that conversation on Earth where time demonstrably matters. So we have them start sending the message back and we just get the hell out of there. Since the witch is gone, we can't even get into like, I don't know, loot her chest for <laughs> potions and and like gold coins or whatever she was going to give us as a reward. Oh, that's interesting. As we approach and see her dead body, do we get the like quest failed the text or whatever? Yes, quest failed. The witch is dead. Oh yeah, it says "ding dong." The witch is dead in the in the subtext. <laughs> ding dong! A little guy pops up. I'm like, "Who the fuck are you?" <laughs> the witch is dead, fellas. I'm like, and he's like, "That's all." Ding dong! Poof. And then quest failed. Wasted. And then and, and away yeah. To the crew? Uh, either either we fade away to the crew. Or we move on to either the real world or somebody else in the outside. Like if you wanted to have any of the pseudo intellectuals show up. Yeah, I guess I was trying to figure out because they're going to play. They're going to I don't think they're a one and done entity. The 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 pseudo intellectuals. I think they're a bit. No, of a... they're uh, they're going to be a recurring problem. Yeah. So this is just introducing them. And I'm I'm good with that. Oh, no, it's not introducing them. Didn't they make a brief appearance? Yes, in the they mom sh- episode. They showed up to help fight us when we went limitless. All right. And they were banished there. OK, so that's good. So we can meet up at them at their outside headquarters. Then the little like shanty town they're set up in. Yes, uh, either the crew or Tucker and Todd will walk into their joint. But I think it should be the crew because the crew will recognize them. Tucker and Todd probably wouldn't, but they would recognize Tucker and Todd. Yeah, and I I think with that, the crew, I'm not exactly sure how familiar they all are with each other. The crew should recognize them, but they might not recognize the crew. And maybe with that, we could do some beginning of the, what's the called? Return of the Jedi? Oh, the the Jabba's palace thing. They might not recognize the crew. They might not recognize the crew because uh, they could have been here for like the last 50 years true yeah okay i like that yeah so there's no like uh Tuck, tucker and todd had enough of an impact that they would always kind of remember remember that face but the crew themselves the interactions were brief and not low impact enough that they wouldn't remember them anymore and perhaps in that regard the crew might not recognize them at first but go like is there anything familiar about these old fogies yeah, because, I mean, to the crew, the crew saw them much more recently, but also they might not be recognizable as they are anymore. Right. They might just seem like, uh, you know, vaguely familiar. It's Val- It's Valkyrie meets Bruce Banner. You seem real familiar. 
have they got kind of like a, a Western United States like retirement community set up? They're living on trailers on the beach or whatever. On the beach, what what is the ocean like? Oh, I was I did what I get. Hmm. I kind of want to now that I'm thinking of it. I I want to play on how you know how they have what is it, the Goo Lagoon in SpongeBob? Yeah, it would be I guess something like that, or maybe you know that what is the science thing where which of one of the large gas giants has a moon where the oceans are made of methane, I think, or something like that. Oh, is it liquid methane? Proper. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's liquid methane because the land masses are made of ice and the oceans are made of methane. I was actually thinking that these guys live in houses that are on stalks in the water and it's actually dirt that comes in with the tide. Oh, that's cool. The landmass itself is the ocean. Every everything is built on the water there, and then the stuff that flows and and ebbs and flows with the tide is actually just dirt. That's fun too. If we do some like condescending to their like state, and they're like, "What are you talking about? I've got an ocean view," and you look out and it's just rolling dirt. Yeah, it's literally rolling hills. There's there's like a little wave of just dirt. I like that. I was trying to imagine what an outside ocean would look like. And then I was like, well, let's just do the opposite. Yeah, it needs to be something other. And this is only one example of what oceans would be like there. They probably got the methane, the liquid methane. They probably got like everything is frozen solid. The ocean, the dirt, everything is just a solid piece. It just looks like an ocean. Oh, there's the French one and it's Le Ocean. it's yeah it's it's like a it's just heavy cream (laughs) lotion (laughs) oh france i hope that in the next four years i can still travel to you because who knows what's going to happen oh yeah who knows what will happen to me (laughs) and my travel plans if a whole bunch of innocent people are killed for no good reason woe is me Whoa is also the word of the day. This episode of Tucker and Todd is brought to you by the word whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wow. You didn't specify which whoa. I didn't know there was more than one. There's the whoa, hey there. And then there's the whoa is me. Oh, yes, true. I was, I guess I was talking about the whoa, hey there. Whoa. So given that it takes the crew a couple moments. I mean, do they first start cozying up to the intellectuals because they seem like friendly? What are the intellectuals um, or pseudo intellectuals? I should say, are they are have they been scheming this entire time? Are they still villainous or is oh, have you seen Stardust or read the book? No. Um, Did I just throw your entire plan under the bus now? No, I can explain it pretty briefly. There's a group of witches and they are all getting very, very old because there hasn't been a magic being in their realm for a long time. Uh, there hasn't a star hasn't fallen, but a star has fallen. And so they need to go uh, collect her and grind her up into stardust so that they can stay young forever kind of thing. The pseudo intellectuals have been getting old in the outside, but they're going to need to discover a way to rejuvenate themselves so that they can come back with a vengeance. Are, uh, can they get old in the outside? I mean, they can certainly become less human. Becoming mutated would be oh. something that would concern them. I don't know if they can age, although uh, they can definitely age via 
the mutate mutagenic you know properties of the outside like they can mutate into becoming withered and decrepit right i wasn't thinking that's more fun to play with is if they started mutating they need yeah they uh one of ours has already become completely consumed by mutations and it's literally just a ball of mouths eyeballs and tentacles it's a full-on shoggoth do we need to make this roster should we name the roster now did we establish that before i can't remember if we even did i can't remember but we had ben shapiro and jordan peterson in there or or you know people like them uh who's the professor with the curly hair weinstein weinstein Brett Weinstein. <laughs> what a name. No relation. <laughs> I would change my name in an instant. Um, I think Bill Burr has a bit on like the Hitler family name. And I don't know if I've heard it, but I've seen the title of it. And it did make me think like, have you ever met anybody named Hitler? Like how many pe- how that name really disappeared? Yeah. And I imagine it should have just like st- stricken from the record of history. It existed to a like a point around 1943 and then nobody was Hitler ever again. Yeah, it really went out of vogue. And now it's gone. There's there's just a sign on planet Earth that says no Hitler. There's a number of other characters who do show up in videos, but I don't know if any of them like I personally find Sam Harris irritating, but I don't know if he is as malevolent as some of these other characters. I don't think Jordan Peterson is malevolent. Well, I guess malevolent is the wrong word. I don't. I, yeah, I. Uh, what is the word? Toxic? Toxic is probably a good word for some of these guys who make bad arguments to defend otherwise very not so good points. They are obfuscators. They do obfuscate and they use a lot of bad faith arguments. Hmm, do we 1984, we call them like new speakers or something? I'm getting away with what I was, what words I was trying to use. We're just trying to decide what our roster of pseudo-intellectuals are. We only need a couple that stand out, and then the rest can be generic, kind of very similar to our earlier summit. Yeah, we don't really need villain glut. What's the, you need more, don't need more than four. And in fact, for this case, I don't think we need more than three three primaries anyways the other ones are expendable and can like go the way of the shoggoth they can either just like die horribly or mutate or fall into a wormhole or whatever but i do think it's important we figure out exactly how the crew manages to get to the shantytown i think they're walking and eventually they get swept up by some of this moving earth and i think it behaves much more like liquid and it pushes them out to sea in the direction of the uh, pseudo intellectuals, little shanty town. Sorry, I was I was looking at names. It pushes who out to sea? The crew. The crew gets swept up by this dirt ocean. Like as they're walking, they eventually kind of cross a threshold where the dirt starts behaving more like water, and it okay. has it has a a directional sweep, and it pushes them towards the shanty town. I think they okay. probably have to be rescued by the pseudo intellectuals. Oh, that's good. So they're they're in danger of drowning in this liquid dirt. And so you do that tropey thing where it's like you have the misdirection of being rescued by someone so we immediately assume that they are being rescued by good people. And yes. then yeah. Yes, we we create the expectation of good no like nobility. But it turns out you're in the belly of the beast. 
Yeah, these are bad dudes. Oh, maybe maybe we, we can include a woman. We can have Marjorie Taylor Greene. I don't know if she even counts as like intellectual dark web. She's a fucking political representative. Oh, who's the guy with the beard? Who's that? Matt Walsh? Jesus. Who's the guy with the beard? You're going to have to be a little more specific. I think half of <laughs> QAnon has a beard. Oh, that would be fun, too. Do we have instead we have the Viking guy? The uh, January 6th fellow? Oh, why not? He should be there. Yeah, let's have them all together. He's oh, or I mean, we could have Alex guard. Jones. We could have Alex Jones, the OG. Hard to get more OG than Alex Jones. Oh, Steve Bannon should probably be in there somewhere, too. Well, now you're reminding me of everybody. Um, who was what was the paper that Bannon worked for? Um, oh, shit. I can't remember that. I can just remember him. Breitbart. We can have Breitbart on the list. Uh, Matt Drudge. OK, I, I remember all I forgot. I forgot there was a whole generation before this one. Yeah. So like we've got lots of them. In fact, if anything, Steve Bannon should be the one that became the tentacle monster. I mean, he, he literally became a tentacle monster. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, I see the resemblance kind of thing. Like he's greasy <laughs> strands of hair hanging off his head. Yeah. You just like, oh, somebody. Uh, oh, who was it? Who made this joke? Where, where Steve Bannon picked himself up a tub of face worsener. <laughs> That's pretty good. I mean, that sounds like a patent thing. It was not. <laughs> face worsener is a very good joke. I mean, that was that was great... late. That was Seth Meyers. Late night with Seth Meyers. Oh, wow. That's good. Picked himself up a tub of face worsener. That's such a good line. And I mean, you could apply that to so many people. It's it's. I won't say it's a shame that it got stuck with Steve Bannon, but that's a very uh, versatile insult. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> the, the, I mean, wow, wow. I think my just favorite look at of that guy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> my favorite of all time was uh, Patrice O'Neill roasting J- uh, Jim Norton. He said that uh, Jim is the shape of whatever container you pour him into. <laughs> I mean, he is. He is kind of shapeless <laughs> as a man. That's true. He's a, a colloidal suspension. <laughs> yeah, he is kind of shapeless as a man. He's gelatinous. <laughs> okay, so our our uh, our crew has been rescued by what we are mistakenly led to assume are noble good actors. Uh, as the crew are introduced to them in their current state. Mo- they they most of them host a number of mutations. I was gonna say parasites. And, yeah, probably those two. But they're like, yeah, uh, you can't meet this guy. He can't say anything. But you know, he didn't always look this way. And you're like, oh, I think I, I think I recognize him. He looks familiar. Yeah, that used to be Steve Bannon. Oh yeah, he uh, he gained some weight. And that's all that some happened to him. Weight in his tentacles. Yeah, and that's. Even the tentacles look familiar. They're just greasy strands of hair. So, yeah, I guess everybody's kind of in the shadows and it slowly emerges from them one by one a little bit. Yeah, it's like that uh, episode of Futurama where they go into the sewer and meet all the mutants. Everybody's kind of dressed in cowls and rags. and <laughs> It's uh, the the gypsies in the catacombs under Paris. Yes. Paris is burning. Yes. It's exactly that, only instead of being underground, these guys are on houses with stocks so that when the dirt flows in, they're okay. 
Oh, when they the, since they we're doing a bit, it's houses with stocks in the even bayou. Do we? Is it ocean or is it bayou now? Is it swamp? They come out. The banjo plays. It's deliverance. Do how many deliverance jokes do we want to make before we have to get to the pig squealing thing? <laughs> I mean, why not? They both ha- the both sounds occur at the same time. The banjo comes up and ed- slowly the pig squealing fades in under it. I mean, because it, the probability of squeal like a pig winds up uh, approaching one as we make more deliverance references. The deliverance axis. Yeah, it's uh, very closely related to the Hitler principle. <laughs> I guess technically, yeah. It's a little more obscure. Okay, let's push for a wrap up, I guess. Yes, uh, I think we should probably return to the real world and see how everybody's doing there. The summit is probably over. So do you want to check in with each of the nations and see how they feel about the summit or what they're if they're changing their ways with how they respond to the wormholes? Do we rejoin at the summit or? Oh, I was going to say, do we rejoin at the summit or we rejoin with uh, Trudeau, like scheming in in, like into the mirror in the darkness? But maybe that's the final scene. Yeah, I I was thinking that we would need to cut back into Trudeau at some point because that's that's when he starts doing the villainous monologue to himself in his Batman lair, wherever that is. As the sun, so we have a bit of a summit scene carry out to recatch up with them. Does that have a hey? Has anybody seen Justin? I don't know because they all watched him walk out. Right, right, right. Yeah, they laughed him out of the damn room. So they just forgot about it. He's so forgettable. Yeah, but they're like, oh, we got everybody's name signed off on here. Justin never signed out. So they they uh, they have to sign him out, and then somebody has to agree to take the meeting, the minutes of the meeting to Justin. Oh, does he have to like uh, transcribe them or whatever? He's the clerk. Somebody there has been transcribing the minutes and they have to be brought to Trudeau so that he knows what else happened at the meeting after he left. Oh, right. Because he missed that. Yeah. Okay, so I want to figure out what conclusions they arrived at. So did everybody end the summit in some sort of agreement how to go about responding? I think the only thing anybody manages to agree on is that it's maybe not anybody's fault that it happened. Like, oh, I don't know. That seems like real. That seems like real world political speed to me. They is, spent the okay. entire time avoiding blame and finger pointing. Yeah. And, and at the end of it, they're ready to say that we're willing to accept the possibility that nobody's at fault for this. Everybody cheers. They all pat each other on the back and swig their wine. Yeah, they count that as a win. And in politics, I wouldn't be surprised because it's just, as soon as you stop playing the blame game and you're like, maybe it really was an accident, then it's already a victory. At the beginning of the next episode, it's it's the, the radio is announcing that all the countries of the world have declared war on the outside. Oh, that'll be funny. Then they'll start they'll start throwing javelin missiles through the wormholes. Precisely. We're going to we're going to bomb the outside back to the Stone Age. Little do they know that ages don't exist and that it's always the Stone Age there, but also never was. And they're going to give up on throwing missiles through the very instant a missile comes back out another wormhole somewhere else. Oh, yeah, it comes out. It comes. It flies out and it stops just short of hitting somebody and a little boot comes out the front and kicks them in the butt. Oh, 
I wasn't going to be nearly so charitable. I was going to have it so that it basically ended up functionally being one nation literally missile striking another nation. And then they investigate the wreckage and they're like, I knew Russia was behind this. Ah. Although I think maybe it should be Russia who investigates the wreckage and sees somebody else's somebody. All, all the missiles are signed for some reason. I don't know. I just had the idea. Maybe I should start doing like political comics instead. But the idea of like Russia practicing, they're they're kicking, they're kicking explosive soccer balls into a goalpost in the middle of nowhere, and then when nobody's looking, they move the goalposts into Ukraine. <laughs> I like that because they're also moving the goalposts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But first, first they have to bounce the ball off of Ukraine so that it comes back in their direction that it can accuse Ukraine of attacking them. Oh, we, and need, then to manu- just... we need to manufacture a threat. Well, then they they extra, they do the soccer thing where they like fall down holding their knee acting like they got obliterated. Oh, and also one of the Russian bomb soccer players just puts on like a uni- Ukrainian uniform and steps <laughs> over the border <laughs> and kicks the ball at them. That's, I mean, that's, that's about as... Uh, sophisticated as i expect a russian false flag operation to be i mean if it's either that or it's literally steven seagal he still has a part to play (laughs) he does well the the thing is curious is that it like four years ago or something like that steven seagal was sent to russia as like a good faith ambassador and look where we are now i guess (laughs) it's fucking his fault (laughs) (laughs) this is all his fault that's how the history books will write it Alec Baldwin's like, at least I'm not that guy. Yeah, I'm glad that this is going to gonna mean that nobody's going to talk about Baldwin again for a decade. Everybody's kind of off the hook a little bit. Yeah, everybody except Weinstein. And his, uh, yeah, the other, his, uh, whatever the stories, his other buddy that also had the same fate last week. Yeah, to uh, to hell with them both. I think we should go ahead and helicopter drop them both into Ukraine. It's cheaper on the American taxpayer to get rid of them that way. True. In fact, send them in with aid packages. I was going to say, forget forget airplanes, just trebuchets. <laughs> just a, a rail gun. Yeah, just, just like slightly overshoot so they get sent right to the border. <laughs> yeah. You might be able to take out a tank in that big convoy. Oh, man. Okay, okay so yeah, somebody we sh- says take the minutes to Trudeau. Yes, I was I was about to that was where I was going to cut into. Somebody says somebody will somebody please take these minutes to Trudeau and then and then somebody's like, Oh, probably Kennedy. Oh, I'll do it. Where'd he get to anyway? Transition Q. Is is trans he's is he in he's in like a, a, a Phantom of the Opera type like uh I was gonna say boiler room, but like a series, he's like it's all the candles. He's staring into a dark, flickering mirror. Yeah, he's it's in he's in a behind the scenes sort of layer for sure. Like a a, a a yeah, hidden behind a large painting. Behind yes, or or behind a bookshelf or something. And he's basically just monologuing to himself in the mirror about how he's gonna, I'm gonna show them. I'll is show he, them. I'll is he putting on like? war makeup or is he like is he trying to make himself appear imposing in any way oh maybe he's doing the really oh the black face (laughs) yeah see i was gonna say that he's applying like some kind of makeup to 
he's jumping on like that Joker craze that everybody was all over. All of the all of the uh, social outcasts were like, oh, "I'm the Joker," but wow, and right. and and he's doing a similar monologue. But then it the camera like closes in and he's putting on the black face. Well, I was gonna say, <laughs> is he actually? <laughs> Is he actually doing? <laughs> is it actually full blackface, or does he just do the war makeup, like the little streaks under the eyes, and then he glares longingly at the 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 thing of of paint, and then goes, "No, that's enough. We must control ourselves." Oh, uh, I think I think he first he does the lines of war paint under his eyes, and then he starts to smear them on and spread them out so that they that get bigger, just... and then you see him go to collect some more. And he starts rubbing it onto his forehead and then it needs to like go black. Like the screen <laughs> needs to fade out before he finishes applying the black face. Yeah, you can't quite see it, but you know where we're going. Yeah, he's definitely going to cover his entire face. He, he's is, going there. Is he like the way that you described it? I see is just like unhingedly like this is actually also actually this is good. Goodbye Horses is playing in the background. Yeah, he's unhinged. He's he's doing the. The Joker he's the, thing. He's doing the tuck. We're, don't sully my words <laughs> by associating them with these crazies, these these terrible serial killers in training. The everybody who thinks they're the Joker, and also creating a stigma around mental illness that somehow suggests that they're all just like ticking time bombs, waiting to become incredibly violent, dangerous to society. Well, now now they're all just incels. Yeah, well, name one of those high school shooters that wasn't. I can't. So yeah, he's uh, he's applying his Joker makeup. At first, yeah, we need to see him like right from the back of the head. So we can't see his reflection in the mirror, but we know that he's looking into a mirror and we see him like applying stuff to his face, but we can't quite see what it is. But then as we get shift a little closer, we can see him rubbing blackface under his eyes in the war paint configuration. And then he starts spreading it out more. And then some in his forehead, some in his chin. And that's when we realize for sure that he's going all the way. And that's where we can cut, cut to black credits. That's so insane. But I like that so much. That way we can take the piss out of all the Joker people. And also actually Trudeau because I, what an idiot. Yeah, that's perfect. And so that's that's his uh, villainous alter ego. Yeah, I like that. We hung up. We put a couple plates in the air now. Yeah, we we always seem to have a few more spinning than last time. Fortunately, any plates related to the Gnome Telecom uh, company, we can pick those up like next year. Yeah, they'll still be there. Perpetual motion machines. Yeah, and they'll get there eventually. But I think that is the end of this episode. Yes, I think I think that's been a cast. It's a it's been a cast. Actually, you know, it's do you technically when you put when you apply a cast, would you call it wrapping? I think I would. I'd say that this cast is all wrapped up. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. (laughs) Is that why they say that? I don't I don't know. But uh, wrap it up, gentlemen. Is it is it a collar wrap because, well, I guess wrapping it up completes it. But is it do you think it has to do with the tape? Now the tape spindle is done. We've finished recording. Unhinge it from the spool and wrap it up. That's what I assume is a wrap. That's a wrap. And yeah. and now I hear the like the, the spool. It's it's still spinning and it goes flap, 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 flap. And now I'm thinking that's a flap. That's a flap. Yep, that's a flap, everybody. Thanks for tuning in.
Oh, uh, you were talking about our podcast. This is a flop. That's a flop, everybody. That's a flop, everybody. Bye. Bye. Too bad Flophouse is taken for a podcast name. Oh. It'd be pretty funny to change the name in the middle of the fourth season. <laughs> it's just something totally different now. <laughs> oh, oh, but we are going to have to do the rebranding episode. Which one is that? I don't know. That's the one where Facebook becomes meta. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Everybody, we, we've never introduced that before. It just I just think that anything that lives long enough eventually needs to rebrand. So we could do an entire episode about rebranding. Well, we were talking about doing the activism blizzard rebrand. That's what I thought you were referring to just now. Oh, yeah. Activism blizzard. That'll be good. They have to later on, they have to impose sanctions on Russia for bullying related to wormholes. (laughs) No wow tokens for you. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are uh, you're not eligible for character transfers. But I mean, that's happening. Twitch is putting sanctions on Russia. Yes, pretty much everybody is cutting them off. Even even Beijing has apparently said that China is not Russia's ally. It's been kind of interesting to see. Now, next time America declares a phony war on everybody, let's see how much news coverage there is in protests around the world. I was too young to notice. Do you know if there were global protests against uh, the war in Iraq? I'm not sure. I sure hope so. Just interesting stuff. Anyways, like we said, that was a wrap, a flap, and a flop. That's our new... That was a a rapid flopping flap. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good night. Have a good night. Bye, Craig. Bye, sir.